Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name's Jamie, and I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan. My name is Matt. Sorry, lady, I don't understand frog. <laughs> Why are all the characters in Star Wars racist? <laughs> I don't know. Sci-fi is supposed to reflect our world back on us. Yeah. And, I don't know, maybe... I don't know, he's from a cloistered religious background, so of course he's racist. Oh, what about Han Solo? He's constantly saying racist things to Chewie, calls the members of Kanji Club little freaks. I don't know if that's racist or just like an observation, because Tasu Leech is little. Yeah, but there's some other stuff he... Let's see, oh, he's racist to the Ewoks. Um... Leia calls Chewbacca walking carpet. That's not very polite. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> but Anyways. Yeah, mine, mine is from The Mandalorian, where he tells the frog lady that he doesn't understand her. Then she plugs into the, uh, the droid head and then chastises him for being a pussy. Yeah. And then Grogu eats all of her children. <laughs> Cool. All right. So today we're going to be talking about uh, episode. Tw- our, this is our twelfth episode of Clone Wars uh, in canonical order. It came out uh, season one, episode six. It's called "Downfall of a Droid." Now, before we uh, get into it, or sorry, I should say, can cut this in. It, uh, the original air date was November seventh, two thousand and eight. So before we uh, get into uh, the episode we tend to uh, talk about Star Wars or something else we haven't uh, talked about in a while. So, do you have anything planned, or you just want to? Um, yeah, I haven't had a lot of time. I haven't had a lot of free time this week to do much Star Wars. Um, as people who people who know me know, um, we're moving to a new house literally down the road. But today was the first day that we could actually get in the house post the renovations that we were doing. And so I've been very tied up with that. But um, I sent you a photo of this. Yeah, it's a very classy sex dungeon. Yeah, well, I was talking about the other thing I sent you a photo of. Oh. Um, But yeah, we have a big, we finally have a basement, a big basement, and I get to decorate the basement. And so I finally have a place to hang all of my Star Wars posters. Mm-hmm. And today, 12 27 by 40 frames showed up at the house. Um, and Chrissy still has not regretted her decision to tell me that I can decorate the basement. Yeah. So and I put the Clone Wars, the Tartavosky Clone Wars, into one of them, and I sent you a photo the other day. Um, that was the Volume 2 poster. Yeah, and who, um, who gets to decorate the well? No pressure to work at the Okay, okay, okay. Ah, that takes too long. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> it rubs the lotion there we go, on that's its better. skin or else it gets the hose again. I'm so lazy with editing. I'm leaving all of this in. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Why do you have that in the soundboard? Oh, because I, I just love it. I think it's great. Okay. All right. So uh, that's so I haven't I didn't have any free time this week. I did the notes for the show. I watched the show four or five times. Um, I'm putting posters in the poster frames, and I'm going to start decorating my new basement, which I can start decorating this weekend with Star Wars posters. So that's what I did Star Wars this week. What did you do? Um, you know what? I don't think I did. A- whole heck of a lot um i don't even think other than just uh watching the this episode i don't think i did anything other than just kind of keeping up to date uh with any kind of news uh and then you and i complaining about how um they haven't released the mandalorian or uh Ahsoka trailer yet right it's getting really annoying so I'm, I'm sorry I can't afford to go to 
uh, celebration. I would if I could. Actually, no, I don't know if I would. Yeah, we had yeah. a whole conversation about if, with, whether we could handle going to celebration or not, and and going. And it turned into like, why do we feel ashamed about who we are? <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's partially that, but there's also I still just have huge crowd anxiety, um, from everything that's happened. Yeah, and oh, I, I, I I don't necessarily trust being in a crowd of people. Well, the nice thing is about that is you could just wear a, a helmet and just like you could have like a complete like like your whole a complete uh, like uh, like air filtration system built in. In fact, I challenge you to to make a cool helmet uh, that does like that's uh, like an N95, but it like maybe has its own air supply or something so you can you can see out of it you're completely safe easily done i'm going to be i'm going to be princess leia as as the bounty hunter ah bush is that how you say it bush yeah i kept thinking bosk because we were just talking about bosk before we started recording i'm like it's not bosk what is it it's bush you should wear the bush helmet with the java outfit because oh, of my physique, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, for my my own schedule, the next couple of weeks after we're done moving, um, I'll have a lot more time to do Star Wars stuff. Yeah. But I think yeah, this you, next week is gonna be rough on me. Yeah. You you mentioning the um, the frames? I've got three Macquarie's I bought a couple years ago that have just been sitting uh, in the closet because um, my wife just come, she doesn't want them to be up pretty much anywhere in the house except for like my office and then apparently it costs a lot of money to get custom frames made I don't know if that's completely true frames are one of those things that are more expensive than you think they should be but you can definitely find good frames for not too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figure I go to IKEA or Michaels or something. Yeah, that's exactly where you go. You go to IKEA, you go to Michaels, you go to Walmart. Those are the places you go to get frames. Yeah, yeah, because I've got three cool McQuarries. I've got the um, the Darth Vader versus uh, Luke. Uh, I love the, that one. The one where he's uh, Luke's wearing like the mask. Uh, the lightsabers are more pointy. I've got and the, they're white, aren't they? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And you can see Vader's muscles in his... Uh, he's a little bit more green. No, he's more bluish, and he, you can see, like, muscles in his legs. And uh, then I got the... Um, these, uh, it's like I think it's like looking... I think it's it's from Empire. It's looking up at an AT-AT, and you can see, like, a snowspeeder sp- like just, like, in flames like yeah. going down. That's a really awesome one. It's a, it's a it's a longer one. And then I've got, I think it's the uh, trench run from uh, the original Star Wars. Nice. Yeah, I, I love man. I love I love all of those. I I did the I did that puzzle of that Darth Vader versus Luke. Holy shit, that was a hard puzzle to do. Because it's one of those after a certain point, everything just looks like everything. Because it's all like a white hallway. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, you know, just after after a while, you separate things out by the colors. And after a while, you just take one. That doesn't work. Take the next one. That doesn't work. And you slowly rotate it. You're just forced to do it by brute force. Good advice from a computer programmer. <laughs> yep. I'm a software engineer. Just try every combination. <laughs> Hey, I was bent over so long, like my back was hurting. So I'm just like, I'm just gonna lean back and just kind of like, eh, eh. it's a like you're not supposed to have do embedded loops, or at least very many. <laughs> so if you if you think that I had like, mm, let's see, there was like it was about a thousand pieces, so was, and yeah, let's take out like a hundred for the um, for the border, so that's nine hundred. <laughs> Then, like, worst possible time is 900 times 899 times all the way to 1. 
Right, but once you separate them out by color, you could eliminate the possibilities, and then you just put in a, put in a decent loop counter to make sure you're not stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the loop counter is fuck this, and then flipping the table, and then <laughs> and then going upstairs and pouting. <laughs> Which I came close to doing a few times. <laughs> and we usually give our old puzzles to my mother-in-law, and she's just like, I'm not doing that. Here, this will kill you. <laughs> oh. All right. Do you want to get into it? Yeah. All right. Um, so before we get started, um, sometimes I do like a little cast and crew thing at the top. Is it okay if I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. We got a pretty cool guest star um, for this episode. Um, and I sort of debated, I told you I was debating putting this down in the summary or up front, but we typically do these up front, so we'll just go ahead and do it up front. Um, today, our guest star is Ron Perlman. Yes, that Ron Perlman. Hellboy. Yeah. Our, um, what's that? Our, um, uh, Clay from uh, Sons of Anarchy, if you watch Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, so this guy... Everybody knows who Ron Perlman is, right? Like he's been in a ton of stuff, um, but he plays the Trandoshan Jaw today, uh, who's the guy who is the pilot, the the scavenger, basically in the episode who's flying through the wreckage. Um, and this episode, as far as timing in his career, is post Hellboy. But I was actually really surprised when I was going through his IMDb today. He's done mostly um, voiceover work. Like he's known for Sons of Anarchy and Hellboy now, but in several other roles from his later career, but his early career is a ton of cartoon work. Really? He teen, yeah, he was in Teen Titans, Batman the Animated Series, Justice League, Looney Tunes. He played a part in Titan AE, um, which is a terrible science fiction movie that rips off Star Wars heavily. Oh yeah, I remember it. <laughs> But he, like he, like there's a huge chunk of, of his career for almost 20 years where he's primarily playing um, voiceover work, doing voiceover work. Um, but of course, we all we all met Ron Perlman in the lovable 1981 French movie, The Quest for Fire, ah, where he yes. plays where he plays a caveman, and then he never stops plays. He never gets to not play a caveman after that. Oh, he's got just. I just went down to his um, his. Um... I'm on his IMDb page, and it just kept on going. Oh, yeah. He has hundreds of credits. He narrated two of the three Strain books, uh, the audio yes. books. Uh, those, were pr- uh, those were pretty good. Uh, I, I, re- I recommend the story. It kind of like falls apart at the end, but overall, it was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. So the other thing that people know him from from way back when is the TV series Beauty and the Beast, which aired from 1987 to 1991. This was a show that I watched as a kid, even though it wasn't super kid-appropriate for my age, but um, he played the Beast. He has a long, long career of being heavily covered by makeup for some reason. Yeah. Oh, I remember where I first saw him. He was um, he was in Name of the Rose. What's that? Oh, um, that was a movie... Uh, it came. Um, it was set in the time of. Um, sorry, I'm just finding it. Uh, it was set in the time of like the uh, the Inquisition. It had um, Sean Connery and I think Christian oh, Slater in it. I remember that movie. Yeah, he was like the he's like the hunchback, or so, or something like that. <laughs> Which again, he's just ty- unfortunately he gets typecast into kind of uh, weird roles like that. Well, we love him even if he looks like a mutant. Yeah, he's very he's very cool. Um, I've um, heard interviews with him. He, he seems like a very cool, down-to-earth kind of guy. Yeah. He's a, he's a Star Wars fan, too, although this is his only Star Wars credit. This, this part, he... This character appears in multiple episodes, but this is the only character that he's credited as playing in Star Wars. But he's a Star Wars fan. So, um, I think that's it for the um, 
guest star overview today. It's a very small cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was actually funny. I was, I mean, watching, watching it, um, and I was like, that sounds like Ron Perlman, but it doesn't, it doesn't exactly sound like him. So I didn't really pay attention to the credits because I wrote off like, ah, it's not him. But no, I guess I was wrong. I love it. I love it when people show up in Star Wars, and so. I was very excited when I saw him on the cast list on Wikipedia. All right, do you want to head into the plot summary? So uh, at the beginning, the, uh, I don't know, what are we calling the fortune cookie uh, saying is, trust in your friends and they'll have reason to trust in you. So it starts off that the, uh, the Republic is losing ground in the outer rim and Grievous is pushing back on all fronts. Anakin is charged with protecting the strategic planet uh, Bathaui. Is that? Yeah, Bathaui, Bathaui, maybe. Bathaui, and they await attack. Uh, so, <clears throat> what's happening is that Grievous seems to have their number, no matter what, and Anakin says like he's got a plan, uh, just to fall that that Grievous is gonna fall for it. The Republic fleet has set up inside the planet's rings. On the hologram, Obi-Wan tells Anakin and Ahsoka that Grievous has defeated the forces at Feline. Anakin says that the coward always knows where they are. Kenobi says Anakin should retreat, and, per usual, Anakin uh, refuses. Ahsoka agrees that they are too outnumbered and they should retreat. And Anakin says, though, that he has a plan, and he looks at a hologram of an ATTE walker. Before we get into the battle, I just want to talk about a couple things real quick. Mm-hmm. So the the planet that we're at, Bathawui, Bathawui maybe, however we're saying it, um, this is the homeworld of the Bothans. So many Bothans died to get this information, and then, <laughs> and then this, I'm I'm reading the Rogue Squ- Squadron books right now, and there's a Bothan senator who uses that as an excuse to be in the room at all times. Right, and so the Bothans end up very important, like way overrepresented in the New Republic government in the old in the old canon, because every time someone asks why they're there, they say like, "Oh, we're the ones that got the Death Star plans, and it cost us so many people." Yeah, and it's just funny. It's just like I think the Bothans sort of look like goats. Um, they have sort of like they're upright walking goats. Uh, there's very interesting alien design but once again it's a legends alien design and they never appear as far as i know in canon no um, no they haven't but i i love that that this is what i love about clone wars the show is that they take you to these places and they don't necessarily show you things but but they show like this shot of the planet with the rings is gorgeous mm-hmm. i love it and i love these three little cruisers these three jedi cruisers sitting inside the rings it looks great they're like little they look completely out of place but they look militaristic right i just love it anyway sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no no that's okay so grievous's fleet drops out of hyperspace outside the planet the droids confirm that the republic fleet is inside the rings now grievous orders his ships into the asteroid field a b1 protest but grievous says that they're if they approach from the top, they'll be at a disadvantage. So he orders them forward with shields to maximum, and then they're going to plow through the asteroids. I do love I do love this scene where they're going into the field, and it shows two asteroids sort of bounce off the big sheets. Like I don't know how to describe them, but like the big like semicircular shield, like physical shields on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, that's sort of cool. But I couldn't help think of. Start a story that goes an empire that goes into the asteroid field that gets destroyed. That's what yeah. this reminded me of. Where you just it's a smaller see, field. Yeah, where you just see all of a sudden you, you just see the, the the hologram of the one guy going ah, and then they're gone. Very subtle. <laughs> so um, at this, Anakin launches fighters and Ahsoka readies the cannons. The B-1 tells Grievous that they have a clear shot, and they open fire on the closest cruiser. The cruisers are rocked with fire, and Ahsoka is worried about how long they'll last on this barrage, and one of the cruisers is lost. The fighters are also taking significant damage, but Anakin presses the attack. 
Now it should be noticed that they are or noticed should be noted that they are actually gold squadron. Yeah, I'm not tracking. Cool. I'm not tracking the different squadron names. Gold squadron is is that eventually a Y wing squadron? Yep. Okay. Because these are like V wings. Yeah, they're yep. the ones. They're the ones that disable the um, the star destroyer that uh, the Hammerhead Corvette pushes into the other one that uh, ends up smashing into the uh, the shield gate. Awesome. Um. Right. Okay. So let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Grievous continues. Okay. So Grievous continues to move to the asteroid field when all of a sudden, uh, ATET, oh, ATTE walkers on the asteroids start firing on the separatist ships. Grievous cannot believe it, and the fleet is taking huge damage. Ships are being destroyed. Grievous orders the retreat, but they can't. Surrounded by asteroid, so Grievous basically he bugs out in his shuttle uh, while everything else, while the uh, the ships are being destroyed. Anakin sees Grievous leaving and pursues. Ahsoka orders the rest of the droid fleet to be destroyed. Anakin and R2 are pursued of Grievous, but Anakin's ship is damaged. He pushes it too far, and the sh- ship uh, partially explodes. I want to stop here though for this for this plan. Yeah. I- I hate so many of Anakin's plans because they just shouldn't work. This one is brilliant, in my opinion. They just wait for him to pass. Yeah. They just light him up from from behind, right? And the droid says, we've been outflanked somehow, right? But they can't do anything because they're trapped by yeah. their own plan. And so he has to evacuate. Yeah. But the thing is that... Is that... <laughs> A whole cru- they let a whole cruiser get destroyed. Oh yeah, the collateral damage is terrible. <laughs> they lost a third. They lost a third of their people. But yeah, the <laughs> unless that one's empty. Yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, oh, I uh, give me give me one second. Let let me see if I can find this. No, they're not going to have it. But <clears throat> let's say the Zap Brannigan quote, where like how he won by is he knew that the Killbots had a. Uh, maximum kill limit and so he just <laughs> threw wave after wave of people to a they all reached their limit and shut down <laughs> yep yep yeah so a software engineer would appreciate that joke <laughs> yeah but that's exactly what happened you're right <laughs> just like he, he Maybe the ship was empty. Maybe it wasn't. I mean, it probably wasn't. But he lost a third of his his fleet and fighters to execute this plan. But um, he had no other choice except for to do what Obi Wan said to do and evacuate. Yeah, and I save I, everybody. I, I can't. I can't imagine a a military leader like 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 some like like naval officer like losing. Well, we won, but we we let a whole ship get destroyed for no not for no reason, but it's just like, yeah, we had to use it as bait. Did you at least catch capture the general? Oh no, he got away. <laughs> and uh, some other stuff happened, which I'm about to talk about. <laughs> uh, okay, so Anakin wakes up in the medical bay with a droid that's very uh, light. They use a I don't know filter is what you would call it since it's a cartoon but they just everything's very just bright and like why white do, why do you think they did that well I suppose they would apply like some sort of like filter I guess it would be like a filter to to it uh, just to that scene where they just like are they trying just... to say that he's like waking up and this is what he's seen or yeah because like cause, yeah because lights are very the lights are very light, very bright. So he's waking up, groggy. Everything's just super white. Like he's his vision hasn't quite normalized yet. He's kind of blinded. So I'm guessing that's what they're going for. Okay, believable. Yeah, he wakes in the medical bay with the droid uh, Rex and Ahsoka. Ahsoka reports the battle's over. Greaves escaped. The entire fleet was wiped out. And then he learns that R2 is lost. 
Now, Obi-Wan calls up on the hologram, and Anakin tells Obi-Wan that he lost R2. Obi-Wan says, well, he should just get a new droid. Anakin tells Obi-Wan he's never been erased, so he has all their tactical information. Bad idea. Obi-Wan orders Anakin to find R2 before the intelligence is sold to the Separatists. Now, I don't remember exactly, but isn't R2 supposed to have like a lot of like custom modifications as well? Yeah, I think you could have made a justification for keeping R2, um, but this this also leans into the continuity that the original concept of Star Wars was a story that was being told by R2. Um, I don't know if we've ever talked about that or not. Yeah. And so, like, like there's there's old Lucas stuff where he said like. Like, it's not really a true story in, like, the sense of, like, it's what really happened in the universe because it's being retold by an unreliable narrator that's destroyed, that is telling the story. And that's why R2 is often the hero, because he's putting himself in the role of the hero of these stories. It's super lazy writing to say that, but but it's also nice to, to hear this, like, little nod to that, that he's, like, he is the record. Like he he's never been erased, and he doesn't get erased at the end of Revenge of the Sith either. Right. Well, C-3PO does because who cares about him? He can't keep his trap shut. Yeah, we can't trust him. But yeah, so kind of it it, it lends to the uh, like like how like awesome R two is because R two has been around for so long, knows so much stuff. And it's never, like, he's not like your phone where it gets fucked up and then you just, well, just put it back to factory settings. He's never been put back to factory settings, so he's got layer upon layer upon layer of information. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great detail. I love it. Yeah. So you gotta wonder, like, when Obi-Wan claims to have never owned a droid, R2 is just like, what the fuck? You know who I am, (laughs) asshole. (laughs) Yeah, am I a joke to you? <laughs> or just like take his little prong arm and just zapped him. <laughs> you wanted to leave me to die. <laughs> so I kind of understand uh, Anakin's like panic here because like if anybody who's ever like left the house, gotten part of the way to work, and then all of a sudden like, did I lock the door? Did I leave the garage door open? And you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. fuck. And so you like either you either you drive home to make sure, or you call you call one of your neighbors and be like, did I, did I close the door? Did I lock it? I can't tell you how many times I've done that. I don't. I don't. Is it just a me thing? I don't. I don't have a garage door opener, so. Oh well. I, do you do you do you forget to lock? Do you sometimes wonder if you locked the door? Yes, definitely. Yeah, that was me constantly. Um, before we, before we got like a electronic one, and and what some what sometimes would happen was that like if I wasn't and this is like a real like weird like I don't know if this is OCD or just me maybe just being a, having a couple screws loose. But if I wasn't completely paying attention to like like I'm down here, I've locked the door, I'm going back up to bed. My wife said my wife would she would still you know, sometimes she still fucks with me it's like did you lock the door and because there's just that little tiny bit of doubt I have to get up go all the way down like oh yeah I locked it just because like like one out of every like maybe 25 times it won't be locked and I'll be like fuck so, so because there's that little scrap of uh, there's that little nugget of like uh, uncertainty that like it drives me into a panic and I have to go check for myself. So my dogs are such assholes that if anybody touches the doorknob, um they will do the dog equivalent of screaming. Um, yeah. and it will wake me up. So I I am not neurotic about these things at all. I do de- I definitely check the doors and it's gonna be different with this new house because my house right now only has two doors. And this new house has five different whoa, 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 entry whoa, whoa. points. 
Look at um, you. Yeah, so yeah, wonderful. So yeah, I'm going to become more neurotic about it for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking door king of East Chicago or no, not East Chicago. The, forget that. All of a sudden, I went into uh, door I, king of East Chicago. Or I was just thinking the uh, Sausage King of South Chicago. Abe Froman. <laughs> The Sausage King of Chicago. Is that Abe Froman? <laughs> You're Abe Froman. That's right. I'm Abe Froman. The Sausage King of Chicago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so before they go on their mission, and uh, Ahsoka introduces Anakin to his new droid, R3-S6, or Goldie. He's gold for gold leader of Gold Squadron. Out in the twilight, scanning the wreckage, they find the, the Jedi Star Cruiser, but R2 is gone. Another ship is in the area, a Trandoshan scavenger. Anakin thinks he must be searching for scrap. Maybe he found R2. So they board the ship. So the here's. Ship, the ship is called the Vulture's Claw, by the way. That's mm. what the note on the side is. So here's the thing I don't understand. Wouldn't they have, like, hauled the ship, his ship in? Uh, and then, like, popped it open. The, like, hauled it back to the, to the Republic. Uh, hauled it back to at least one of the cruisers. Yeah, that would have been easier. That would have that would have been less plot, though. Yeah, because then they would have not like, because R two could have still been there. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it's sure. So. You want you want some sort of eminent domain argument from the Republic here to say like you're in a battlefield, therefore, like we have the right to search your ship. No, what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is that Anakin's ship is disabled. He got knocked out in the vacuum of space. Why didn't they drag the ship back to one of the cruisers? Oh, why didn't they drag Anakin's ship back? Yeah, because like it's not it's not like he just wrecked his car and they can just pop him out. They open that thing. Since he was recovered, since they implied that he was recovered by Rex um in the medical bay, I assumed that he was recovered by the by the troops on the asteroids, not by the cruisers. That somehow they got him. Yeah, how the hell did they get him out? I have no idea. That's why it happened off camera. <laughs> a transporter. They had a transporter. So so they just left a start Jedi uh, a Jedi sh- um, fighter to be you know like scavenged for parts. You would think that they would like want to scuttle um, stuff, but it wouldn't be much of a wouldn't be much of an episode. Or actually, the two-parter that it is, is that it's like, oh, they went, they brought it in, they, they with R two in it, and R two is safe and sound above aboard the Jedi cruiser. Instead of like, well, let's just leave, leave R two here, unless R two was already gone, but that means that guy was, this guy, that guy was there during the battle. Yeah, it, I, I, it doesn't really clear. make a whole lot of sense. It's not clear how the how the timeline of this R two recovery happened, but I think we should move on. <laughs> no, I'm going to beat this into the ground until I get answers. Until Dave Filoni personally calls me and tells me what the hell he was thinking. Oh, Dave just texted me. He said, "Move on." <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. It's okay. So they board the ship. Let's see. And again, right, it's. Ahsoka complains about the smell. Anakin tells that tells the door droids that they're there to buy a droid. A small, short Trandoshan man meets them. His name is Ga Nocta. This is Ron Perlman's character. Anakin asks about R2. Um, says Ahsoka, who he calls Pukums, wants her droid that she lost her, her last R2. Gaz sees the R3 and offers them a trade for a different droid. They decline, and Anakin flashes his cash. Ga invites them onto the ship and tells them to look through the cargo hold to see if they can find what they want. Ga warns them to be careful. 
Now, is 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 Ahsoka supposed to be like his kid or like his his girlfriend? Um, I hate I hate that exchange with every fiber of my being. It's not clear what he's doing and why they need any subterfuge right now at all. But like, what? I don't understand it at all. I thought the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, I guess he's pretending that they're dating. Yeah. And then the next time I watched it, I'm like, wait, maybe he's pretending that she's a child. Oh, that's even worse. Yes. It's like super not okay. And I hate it. Um, and I hate... There's like another use of a... Earlier in the episode, we've already passed it. Ahsoka calls Rex Rexter. <laughs> And I'm like, stop it with the Sky Guy, Rexter, Snips. Just we don't need nicknames. You oh. you already you're already Star Wars characters. You you already have the most ridiculous names possible. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind the nicknames, but like these like these nicknames were little. <sighs> Anakin is looking. He's on his way to uh, Epstein's island with Ahsoka, and he's looking for an R2 unit. Okay, so let's see. God let's pause them. for a second. Like, I'm not going to interrogate your joke, but Jaws' introduction, he crawls through the little portal and he farts twice. <laughs> farts are now can <gasps> Is there a Wikipedia, Wikipedia entry for farts? All right, let's do this. <laughs> there has to be. It's not the first fart. The first fart, Yep. Nope, there are no farts. No, it's called gas, flatulence. Gas is a state... Um, let's see... Flat. Dude, looking, looking at God not... Uh, he's actually, he looks like Ron Perlman. I like when they do that. Oh my God. <laughs> so gas used as drugs, such as to render individuals unconscious. Most living beings could also produce gases through flatulence, informally known as farting. As flatulence was a accumulation of gases in the digestive system, which usually you have to be, you have, you have to add I demand that you have an entry for for farts or for flatulence. Okay. Alright, fine. We'll add one. <laughs> fine, we'll do it. This All right, will... look for that, guys. By the time this is up, there'll be a Wikipedia page on um, flatulence. Um, and unnaturally high levels of flatulence can be caused by incredibly potent spice, such as this brand of spice. Oh, that's right. It wasn't It wasn't Snap's wedding, right? The farting wedding. Yep, we gotta have a, we got to have a Wikipedia page on flatulence. Yeah, well, because then right. there's also, like, the... Uh... Didn't like one of the Rondos fart or something? Uh, in the uh... an EOP did. Okay. An EOP in episode one did, and Jar Jar smelt it, but he did not dealt it. Okay. Well, though you've had kids, you've done a lot of important work for the for the US government but this will be your crowning achievement yeah like you... I add, I did add the gonk droid in um, in Bad Batch to Wikipedia so this will be it'll be right up there with that oh you did yes I did I started I started that page well I, I didn't realize that I'm uh, I'm talking to royalty here yeah I take it I take my job very seriously <laughs> My job being to add trivia to a Star Wars website. There's t- there's times that I like I've, I've wanted to, but then I'm just like, nah, I, no, I'm not I'm not gonna do that. I mean, or there's already something that was already. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think they're like, oh, I could do this one, and it's like, oh no, somebody actually already did it. I tried. I wanted to add the uh, a page on menstruation, but it, someone beat me to it. <laughs> Moving on. Oh man, I'm just, I'm just having so much fun with this. <laughs> I've got a lot of notes too, so. Okay. All right. All right. Ahsoka and 
uh, Anakin go into the hold with Goldie. It's dark, and there's droid parts and crates everywhere. Soka finds some uh, inactivated uh, assassin droids. Uh, they're, they're IG units, um, very much like IG-88 or uh, IG-11. Anakin says that they can be unpredictable. Anakin tells R3 to access the inventory manifest. And then he hears a astromech chirp from behind the door. Anakin tells R3 to open the door, but R3 turns the lights on instead. Uh, Anakin starts cutting through the door with his lightsaber, and Moldy somehow accidentally uh, <clears throat> activates the assassin droids. Uh, they grab Ahsoka, and uh, Anakin and Ahsoka end up fighting them, and they end up um, they end up destroying uh, them. But it was a bit of a hard battle. Um, and Ahsoka was like, oh, they don't look so tough. But she, then she's just like, oh, yeah, they, they're a lot tougher than I thought. So uh, Anakin scolds R3. Ahsoka de- uh, defends R3. And R3 eventually opens the door. And God is standing there. God tells Anakin if he didn't have a lightsaber, he'd be dead. Anakin threatens him, and Ahsoka convinces him to leave. So, so God calls Grievous to tell him that he has the droid in his own route. Ja tells Grievous that uh, a Jedi came looking for it and asked for more money. Grievous tells Ja to meet him immediately or he will find someone else to do it. Ja complies. So, if Ahsoka and Anakin hadn't trashed the place, maybe he might not have called Grievous. It, it just seems kind of like a dick move. They just destroy like all of his shit. And they're like, fuck you, we're leaving. The confrontation doesn't make a lot of sense. And there's going to be... I've got a lot of criticism for this episode, but but this confrontation makes no sense because he either wants them to die or he thinks they're going to die, but but Goldie's the one that accidentally activates the, the assassin droids that are actually the only threat to them. And so why does Jaw let him in the cargo hold at all? Why doesn't he just say, no, it's not here. Get out of here, right? It's not like, it's not like he had his own trap down there mm-hmm. that... He was going to spring. It was the stupid droid that did it. Stupid R three that did it. I don't. I don't understand what's going on. And then Anakin threatening him, and then just immediately backing down with Ahsoka's like, "What are you doing?" Like Anakin believes R two is on the ship. He heard an astromech droid, and he immediately gives up the search when R two is literally in the next room. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get this at all. On the hologram, Obi Wan tells Anakin that R two must have been destroyed in the explosion that destroyed his ship. Anakin thinks that that's possible. Obi-Wan says that there's a spy intercepting their transmissions. Anakin needs to split up and find the base and destroy it. Anakin goes off on his own to sweep the edge of the territory. Too many ships will draw attention. Ahsoka convinces Anakin to take Goldie with him. So uh, they dock with a hyperspace ring and proceed to the system to search for the base. On the Trandoshan ship, R2 removes his restraining bolt and goes for a roll. An assassin droid starts following him, and R2 ejects him into space. I thought this was pretty cool. That pretty much just like... Um, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say R2 tricked him, but just through some like um, creative like going back and forth, the assassin droid goes, in, goes basically into an airlock, and then uh, R2 is just like plugs in and goes like, whoops. Yeah, he gets spaced. Yeah. Get off my plane. But then uh, Ga finds him and puts a restraining bolt back on. Which, as feisty as R2 is, and as resourceful, this this seems just like, I guess, just plot. Because right? it just seems like R2 just ejected a, into space, and he's got a, he, he's got a, um, a, pretty much a cattle prod in him. And he's got jet, and he's got jets. He could easily escape from um, from uh, the Trandoshan, but... I think this pays off in the next episode, so... Alright. Fine. Okay, so God puts the restraining bolt back on. Anakin asks R3 if they're in place and they're supposed to search. Once they're out of the hyperspace, R3 accidentally turns on his beacon. Greaves and Ahsoka both pick up the message. Anakin turns off the signal manually, but it's too late. A feet uh, excuse me, a fleet drops out of drops out of hyperspace and starts firing. Now it should be noticed that Grievous, the way Grievous talks, he was expecting a beacon from a Jedi starfighter. 
Yeah, he was listening. He was listening yeah. and waiting for it. So Anakin tells uh, Anakin's to say, "Okay, we got to get down here." He tells Goldie to prepare the hyperdrive engines, and Goldie detaches them from the hyperspace ring. Grievous orders all the Vulture droids to attack Anakin. They fire uh, missiles. Anakin turns the ship around and destroys them with missiles. Anakin orders a restri- uh, retreat, and R three does not comply. They just sit there while the enemy ships fly by. Ahsoka shows up in the twilight and tells Anakin to get into the bay. Now, here's this whole thing. Um, I never, re- maybe I never realized, or maybe it was just, um, just this episode. But relying heavily on, he's relying heavily on R three. Does does he always rely that heavily on R two? I think I think it's sort of the difference in between. Like driving to the grocery store and driving to someplace else in the city where you're actually going to turn your phone on to look at your map. You don't need it. But it probably makes it easier to do that. And so there's lots of things you can do manually in this ship, but there's also things that are faster if you can automate them. Yeah, it just seems like these are like, it's like some of the tasks that he's asking are like, these are things he could be doing. He's not doing anything, you know. Right. It's not. He's not doing his taxes, using the force or talking on a communicator. These are things he can do. So it just seems like these are just excuses for Goldie to uh, quote mode fuck up and quote mode. Right. And so. Ahsoka goes on the offensive. Anakin dacks with the ship. Ahsoka pilots the twilight between two separate cruisers that crash into each other. Uh, then Ahsoka, Anakin, Rex, and Goldie are back and safe. Anakin insults R3 and he storms off. Anakin says that he knows R2 is still out there. The end. Alright. So we made it through the plot summary. Yeah. So there's something I wanted to ask you. Um, and I, I, I watched... I actually watched the other episode, but is the audio different in this episode? Like, the quality seemed different. What about the animation? It seemed a little different, too. All right, so let's do this now. Um, Before we get into what we think about this episode, um, this is the very first Clone Wars episode they ever made. This is the test episode. Uh, so this is the pi- this is their pilot. This was their pilot, and they didn't know where they're going to insert it into the series. And once, so I was watching it the first time, and I was like, "Why does the animation look like an animatic? Like, why do they look more plastic? And why? And there's animation mistakes in it too. Anakin's belt disappears twice. No. Yeah. Uh, and that's and some Hanna-Barbera level shit yeah and if you notice like when the cruisers are getting fired on there's no animation for the impact of the lasers hitting the cruisers but there's animation for the impact of the blasters hitting or the lasers hitting the droid ships and there's no reason for that there's no known reason. There's like no canon reason for that. It is just an animation mistake. Um, this is the very first episode they did, and then they did the they did the movie next, or parts of the movie next, and then they started to slot in where all of this was going to fit. So this is the very first episode they made, the very first one they finished, and you can see it. You can see that the animation doesn't quite look right. And the sound doesn't quite sound right. Yeah, like I, I first noticed it when they have the uh, the announcer. Just yeah, uh, there's... yeah, the announcer is completely different. It's the same guy, but there's like the the backing track is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. It, it threw me for a loop. All right. So. So. Do you have anything else to say about the production? No. Quality? No, 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 I don't. 
So real quick, I wanted to talk about the fortune cookie. Sometimes we, we forget to talk about it in our in our this section, but I want to talk about it today because there was an alternative fortune cookie that they changed. And the alternative fortune cookie, um, so the original one or the one that's in the in the show, um, is trust in your friends and they'll have reason to trust in you. But the original fortune cookie is friends are hard to find, harder to leave, impossible to forget. I put it to you, which one fits this episode better? The second one is a bit of a mouthful. But I actually like the, that one better because it... Trust in your friends and they'll have reason to trust in you. Is that like R2 trusting Anakin? I I don't know because I I think the second one or the original one that was cut and replaced with trust in your friends and they'll have a reason to trust in you. I think that, I think the friends are hard to find, harder to leave, impossible to forget, is harder to say, harder to read to for like a child. Um, but it's way better for the mm-hmm. theme of this episode because you, you have Anakin who's searching for his friend who he can't leave behind, right? And the whole thing trust in your friend and they'll trust in you who's that in reference to it's not it's it's we don't get to see sort of like the emotional reality of r2 situation in this episode um he's just sort of doing the always try to escape thing where he's messing with ron perlman so I don't I don't know I I I think the second I think the friends are hard to find harder to leave and impossible to forget is way better as a fortune cookie yeah or it could have been like bros before hoes or something like that or just bros before hoes right <laughs> droid please <laughs> um so I'm gonna go down my notes if that's okay okay so in the previous episode um. Shadow of Malevolence. Anakin is nervous about Ahsoka's ability to fly. And that is because in the original order, this episode appeared before that episode. And the maneuver where she flies between two cruisers demonstrates to Anakin that she's a reckless and cocky pilot. And so there's a little continuity fossil, I don't know how else to put it, there of this interaction being problematic. Um... But once again, as we discussed, they didn't know the order of the episodes when they were making them. Uh, this one was made way before the other episodes. This was literally their test. On the tactical display, where right as the third cruiser is being destroyed, um, there are two phrases in Arabesh. One says, take that, Grievous. And the other says, A-T-T-E rules which is the same message that's on the detonator in the episode Rookies we just watched. Um, so it makes way more sense in this episode because mm-hmm. there's ATTEs on the asteroids. I don't know if, you, if you're looking at the notes right now, but at the bottom there's concept art for R2-D2. Mm-hmm. So I put this in here because it was bothering me when I was watching the episode, and it makes sense that this was the first episode they produced because R2-D2 is designed differently in this Clone Wars than it is in this animation than it is in the movie. And I know this because I'm building an R2. Mm -hmm. And the articulated arms that stick out of his chest, they're the wrong shape. The layout of the vents on his body is different. Um, it's, It's jarring how different he is, but still looks pretty similar. Um, but I just want to point point that out because this is the R2 we're going to get for the rest of the series, I think, is this mm-hmm. concept of it. Um, and because this is the first episode they produced, they didn't necessarily produce it with with um, a thought of runtime. And there's a deleted scene in this episode that is near impossible to find. Um, But it's on the DVD for the Clone Wars movie in a special feature 
that gives you a preview to season one. It shows R2 arguing and fighting with a Treadwell droid in the cargo hold of the Vulture's Claw. Um, And so if you have the DVD, you can watch the special features and see that deleted scene. Hmm. Um, What's a Treadwell? Treadwell is that droid... um, there's one in in Owen's farm. They're like they're like it looks like a flat box with tread. Oh, it's treads. um, yeah, it looks like a a, binoc- a set of binoculars. Right. Uh, on a big pole. Uh, there's one working on the Millennium Falcon in Empire. Exactly. It's exactly. like no, no, no. He's like no, no. He's like wait a minute because he's. Um, because he, he was uh, talking to it, and then he, he's, like, talking to Luke, and he, he tells the droid to hold on, or wait a minute. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I remember them. And so there's a there's a deleted scene where R2 is arguing with one of those in the hold, cargo hold of the Vulture's Claw. So we sort of danced around it, and we, we did this a little bit out of order, but um, having discussed it... What did you think of this episode? Did you like it? I did. I, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. There's there's certain parts that I was not uh, thrilled with, but overall I enjoyed it. I think I watched it probably four times all the way through, and then I watched half of it, um, the, the back half of it, because I think I think the, there's a tonal shift in this episode that doesn't sit right with me. Um, but there's a lot of weird dialogue in this episode. There's this weird exchange between Ahsoka and Anakin where where they're talking about the salvage ship and Ahsoka says, in the archives, and then Anakin interrupts her and, and says something like, in, in real life, you'll learn more, or something like that. And I didn't... There's multiple little pieces of that in the episode. I, I mentioned, like, she calls Rex Rexter. And I didn't... I didn't like that, but once I realized that this was the first one they ever did, and they were trying to figure out what the show was going to be, I forgave all of those little weirdness things because it just felt like they were trying things. Like, like what if she's like really sassy and gives everybody a nickname, mm-hmm. or like, like maybe her character is that she's so green that whenever a new task comes to her, she does like the Hermione Granger thing and says like, well, in the book it says. Yeah. You have to say like, well, no, you're not, you're not in the library anymore, lady. Yeah. What, what like, if, what if Anakin is creeping on young girls? Yeah. What if that's, what if we're gonna go there, right? <laughs> um, and and that's sort of like the farting Trandoshan, the weird Pukums thing, the exchange between Ahsoka and Anakin about the library, um, the different design of R2, these are all things that I think are forgivable because we're looking at, like, literally a fossil, like a production fossil. The animation mistakes, it doesn't really take me out of the episode because I had to go looking for them um, once I knew that they existed. But, but if this is, if this is what they had to make to start this wonderful show, I'm glad that they kept going. I'm glad that they they're finding their voice here. Um, I liked it too. It's just not my favorite. Not by a long shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, me as well. I I did like I, I do like um, the the Jaw character because I like I like it when not every uh, alien looks exactly the same. It's much like uh, in the Bad Batch kind of a frumpy Trandoshan not just this big slim warrior type like Bosk yeah know, agreed this is more I, like the Danny DeVito of Trandoshans it's like the Ron Perlman Trandoshans yeah I agree <laughs> I think Ron Perlman's taller yeah no you're right I, and I I love I love that I love that it, that's what what they've done and I told you about like the little featurette um, and that's what um, Baloney said he wanted. He's like, like we could have, we could have had anything, but 
like I wanted to show that they're different, that trend oceans can be different. We could have add Bosk here, but we're not going to do Bosk. Um, all right, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no. You want to no. lead us into the character thing? Yeah. So uh, now's the time uh, where we rank an episode. We use a special ranking uh, system. We use uh, Star Wars characters. So a really great episode would be a original trilogy character, Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, Vader, etc. A really bad episode would be the deck officer, or the, the actually the weapons officer from the Gazanti freighter in Mandalorian who thinks he's smart by locking uh, Din Djarin and the rest of the Mandalorians in an area that can, that has the controls to the cargo bay. There you go. Yeah, a, a real. I love, I love that scene. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, Titus Welliver, I, I really like. I really uh, like as an actor. Uh, he's in uh, that show Bosch, and he's been like a bunch of other stuff. And uh, he's just like, what? And all of a sudden, just whew, get off my plane. So, uh, Matt, what do you give this episode? I'm going to give this episode a Treadwell. Doesn't doesn't really add that much for me, um, but the payoff for this episode is pretty good. I like that it, it's there. It's a fun thing in the background, but um, doesn't raise to a great episode for me. Okay. Um, I'll give this one a... Uh, I'm going to give this one an Owen. Because especially now after like the Obi Wan series, there's the potential was there, but there's just some mixed missed executions. But at the same time, this was their very first one, so I'll consider it the Owen from the Obi Wan series, who's a lot more badass and not just a, a grumpy uncle who doesn't want Luke to have any fun. That's a good one. All right, should I roll the die? Do it. All right, so at the end of every one of our reviews, we, um, or I, uh, roll a die, uh, a d20, and if the die comes up as a one, we will review an Ewoks episode. And if a if the die um, shows up as any other number, we will re- we will review the next episode, which is called Duel of the Droids. Alright, so I've got my D20 here. Here comes the roll. It is a 10. Alright. Dodged a bullet there. Yes. So, next week we will meet and review the episode, Season 1, Episode 7, Duel of the Droids. You want to play us out? All right. So, uh, thank you for downloading. We're glad uh, someone's listening out there. We don't advertise this much, so it's really down to you, our listeners, the uh, Yelpscribers, to uh, let people know about our super awesome or super shitty podcast, depending upon uh, your uh, mindset, whether you have good taste or bad taste. If you got bad taste, you love it. Good taste, you think we suck please feel free to let someone know uh that uh there's this uh podcast about uh star wars cartoons hosted by two weirdos like us or if there's somebody that you hate let them know that there's a podcast about star wars cartoons hosted by two weirdos like us so we'll be back hopefully in a week or so with the next episode of clone wars thank you for downloading and listening to this episode we would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochvaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We will see you again next week with a new episode.
Nubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Nubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All right. Okay, I am now going to stop.